Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Top Stories. Once again, I'm Andy Zaltzman, and once again, I'm opening the vaults of the Bugle to find out what was happening when it happened. Now, some Bugle episodes have very simple titles to tell you what's in store. Some don't. Today, for example, it's a show entitled Backwang Forever. Keep listening to find out what on earth happened in November 2010, with me and John Oliver. Top Story this week, White House Tour 2010... Asia dates. Andy, after having his arse handed to him in the midterm elections, President <laughs> Obama was faced with a choice. Did he stand and fight like a man? Or did he run off on a long-scheduled, very important tour of India, <laughs> Indonesia, South Korea and Japan like a president? Well, obviously it was option number two, the coward. The results of the midterm elections have made it very clear that the American people wanted Obama to focus on American jobs. And so that is what he was going to do, Andy. Even if he was 8,000 miles away, he was going to focus on some 8,000 mile away American jobs. <laughs> Even before he left, he, he wanted to make it painfully clear what the purpose of this trip was going to be. Uh, he held a press conference and said, I want to be able to say to the American people when they ask me, why are you spending time in India? Aren't they taking our jobs? I want to be able to say, actually, you know what? And then there was what felt like a long pause. <laughs> and it was as if the president was considering saying, you know what? F*** you. <laughs> this job is actually really f***ing difficult. This trip is extremely important in ways that I'm not even going to bother you with now, <laughs> which will probably have a very direct impact on your everyday lives. It's going to be extremely hard work, but I don't mind that because I'm the f***ing president. What I'm not going to be doing is taking souvenir photos where I'm acting like I'm holding up or I'm about to eat the Taj Mahal like you would if you were here, you f***ing morons. But instead, instead, Andy, he took that pause and he said, actually, you know what? They just created 50,000 jobs. Now... Did he do the right thing, not listening to his instincts? <laughs> Only history can say. All I can say is that the second version was a lot less memorable and it seemed to be a lot less fun for him to say. <laughs> his face does have that slight look about it at the moment, um, particularly in that press conference he did after the, uh, the election results. Very much his face says, I can't believe I've got two more years of this bullshit. Yes. There's sort of that face that says, I already didn't like Republicans and yep. now I've got even more of the obstructive little dickbags. <laughs> Clogging up the place. 
He sort of looked like a Michelin-starred chef, told that all he can use is a Breville machine. <laughs> now, as international relations dictates, the president was not going to get India to insource thousands of jobs <laughs> without giving them a little geopolitical sugar. And so he made what was a fairly major, albeit eventually inevitable, policy shift by calling for India to be made a permanent member of the United Nations Security Council, something which Jake Tapper here on ABC News referred to as a huge development in the world of international politics and one virulently opposed by India's nemesis, Pakistan. <laughs> nemesis? <laughs> ne ne is Pakistan permanently wearing a cape now, Andy? <laughs> is there a massive mask covering most of Waziristan? <laughs> These are nation states, not Batman and the Penguin. <laughs> And by so the way, much easier to think of them as that, though. Yeah, by the way, America is sending that nemesis billions of dollars a year in no-strings-attached aid to supposedly fight terrorism on their western border. So they had better not be spending all of that on hairless cats, swivel chairs and gigantic piranha tanks. <laughs> but it's, of course, as you say, a very important uh, trip for uh, uh, Obama, John. Asia really is uh, where it's all happening. We've all heard of it. We've all dreamt of being it. Uh, we've all wondered what it would be like if it was yeah. in the southern hemisphere instead of the north. And yeah. we've all tried to sell it on eBay. Right. But what do we actually know about Asia, about this big old continent that looks all set to land the continent of the Millennium Awards this millennium for the first time in five attempts? Uh, what is there to say about Asia? Ch uh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, do you praise it? Japan it? Oh, no. Oh, it's all a bit oh, up no. in the air. Um, we've all got a view on it, even animals. Uh, even my dog has an opinion on it, and, uh, and it. Macau. Stop talking. Uh, we'd be loused without it. Uh, my friend went on a backpacking holiday around Stop Siberia last window, actually, and uh, when he arrived at his camp, oh dear, uh, he didn't pack his tanning lotion. Ah. So it's not looking good for his, who's obviously been in the Sunmore competition with his mate Zachariah. Kazakhstan is better. Kazakhstan is... Kazakhstan is oh. better... Sorry, I'm, I'm not feeling too good today, John. I'm suffering from some kind of malaise, yeah? Uh, funny feeling in my limbs, in my hand, my wrist, half, uh. half and on my legs, Indonesia. Uh, even sometimes right down to my feet. <laughs> right down to my feet. Nah, I'm okay. Feet, feet. That's, that is unforgivable. That so, last one was sorry. absolutely unforgivable. Uh, that was a real bummer. <laughs> well, hey, John, I, I, you'll never guess who's back. It's Dan. Yep. Our old dad, our old buddy dad, but back down in London for a couple of days. Uh, I saw him in the pub last night. He spent some time in Texas and started drinking a bit. So he comes up to me, does, and he says, Audi, uh, a beer? Audi, uh, a uh, Anyway, he, dr he drank a bit too much, started getting a bit aggressive, uh, and he insulted me. So I left, and I said, I've gone. It is... oh. <laughs> and he said, I've gone. It's time. It ain't big enough for the two of us. Ah, uh, no more. You didn't get that one. No sorry, more. sorry. I can wait. I can wait. Hey, uh, John, uh, have you been watching the Paris Masters tennis? No. Uh, I, don't no think, I don't think Nadal played in the, thir in the first round. Really? No, I'll just check that. No, that's right. He's not playing until the second round, is he? <laughs> yep. He has a bye, John. Hang on, actually. Uh, Azerbaijan might be in Europe. What a mistake. That was terrible and, and appalling. Um, bad career move. Mm -hmm. uh, John, yep. you're going to have to pull this round for, it, uh, for us. So I'll tell you what always works. Why don't you sing a poor rendition of some 80s rock ballad? Do that, but know. do it quickly. I'll have to rush you. Uh, never mind. Uh -huh. Hey, uh, remember that hip hop show we hosted? I do. Yeah. Uh, you and I did a rap. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, hang on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get this right. You and I did a 
rap. Am I right? United Arab Emirates. So, did that go on too long? <laughs> Sorry to keep banging on. What? Uh, I just picked it up. And United I, Arab Emirates? Yep. Yeah, you and I did a rap. Did United Arab Emirates. I'm going to have right. to throw a flag on that one, okay. Andy. <laughs> Fair call. I just picked it up and I ran with it. But I think I racked up quite a few puns. Though. Oh, it's still happening. Okay. It's still happening. I, Sorry. Did, I, was, I thought I was Sorry. living in a world where this wasn't happening Sorry. anymore. So, no, it's done now. But, uh, b- boot on with the show. F*** you! <laughs> I wrote that over lunch. Did I? <laughs> well, I don't want to put in my food. I can only apologise. I have, to, I have to say, Andy. What, mate? You have to credit yep. the Indian government yep. for their security operations regarding the president's Oh, back visit. on that, are we? Right. <laughs> Is, I mean, there is just no way to segue, Andy, yeah. from what it's been monstrosity a just happened, yeah. okay. it, what human rights violation yeah. just occurred just over talk, the last you, you three You talked minutes. about your balls, John. <laughs> your balls in a pair of green tights. That's I true. think I'm entitled to make a few puns. <laughs> You're just returning fire. Yeah. <laughs> you have to credit the Indian government for their security operations. Uh, they really stopped short of absolutely nothing to keep the president <laughs> safe. Uh, their interpretation of maximum security included removing coconuts in Mumbai that may have fallen on the president's head from trees. That was very wise, Andy. There is a history of assassination attempts from international falling fruit. Uh, who can forget when a pineapple tried to kill Lyndon Johnson? Uh, luckily, a secret serviceman dived in front of the pineapple and just headed it away. Also, I believe that Reagan was actually hit by a kiwi fruit, but... Luckily, got him in the thigh and was not fatal. So, um, thank you very much, India, for keeping 44 safe. That's right. And uh, John Wilkes Booth actually uh, held a kumquat at Abraham Lincoln, but uh, he had coated it in lead and put it in a gun. That's right. That's right. <laughs> From India, it was on to Indonesia, Obama's childhood home, or to put it another way, somewhere he could go, back to his roots! <laughs> now, he took the time while there to visit the world's biggest mosque, Presumably because he's just not sure he wants a second term in office. (laughs) Such a trip undoubtedly has a tangibly positive effect in improving relations with the Muslim world. But it's also giving more credit to aspects of the American media than they deserve or indeed can be trusted with. He even opened his speech over there with Assalamu Alaikum and continued, let me begin with a simple statement, Indonesia is part of me. And there were clearly... Radio hosts back in America screaming into their microphones, I knew it! I knew They called me a racist, and while, yes, as it happens, I am a racist, I have at least in this instance been proved right. Now, clearly, this this trip to the Muslim world is a, a vital bridge-building exercise, especially at the moment. Bear in mind that there are some Americans that are having trouble differentiating between Muslims, of which there are hundreds of millions, and terrorists, of which there are Hundreds. It's like, and you know, I think these numbers are roughly <laughs> to scale, it's like if people in the Muslim world were unable to distinguish between Americans and professional baseball players. <laughs> that would be ridiculous and offensive. Very, very few Americans are professional baseball players. And furthermore, it's worth noting that not all professional baseball players are actually American. <laughs> but they do tend to have American sympathies. Yes, that, that is true. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you need to remove all politics from your life, come catch Alice Fraser and guests on The Gargle, the Bugle's glossy magazine sister publication. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? 
It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.